lost to Mesa, a looming shadow grows, hidden in the branches of the poison creosote. She joins us by the And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump, Season 5, Episode 2. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for listening to what is ostensibly a baseball podcast. Today is Monday, January 14th, 2019. Broadcasting in from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. Walking us on tonight was the handsome family, Far From Any Road, a.k.a. the opening theme song from True Detective. So we're awaiting eagerly any cease and desist letters from Matthew McConaughey. Um, Broadcasting with me tonight, as per usual, are Sam and Eli. Fellas, how's it going? Hey, Joel. Uh, this is Sam. I'm broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. And uh, my hot take for today is that on Sunday, uh, Sarah Thomas became the first female N- uh, uh, to officiate an NFL playoff game, and um, which goes to show that the NFL is by far the most progressive of the professionals. <laughs> by far. <laughs> um, they've done it. They've proved it to everyone. Hey there, John. Hey. Like, <clears throat> coming at you from Boston. Uh, my hot take for the week is um, that Philip Rivers is now... 0 and 8 against Tom Brady with his loss on Sunday. Chargers falling short to the Patriots. Uh, Way short. What's that? Oh, very short. Very short and looked terrible, uh, which leads me to believe that this has a terrible inferior complex when facing Tom Brady because he knows deep down in his heart that he'll never be anywhere at as good as Tom Brady and thus just, like, can't beat him. <laughs> that's all. They had to be children, I think. Right. That's why. He's used he had to beat Tom Brady at something. Yeah, exactly. I just think that Philip Rivers, you know, he redirected all of that chi, all of that sexual energy into having all those kids when he should have been redirecting it into winning football games in January. That's his problem. Somebody should yeah. have told him. You can't what's do... Re- what's really tough for him now is that now all of his children wish that Tom Brady was their father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he is. Surprise. <laughs> uh, my hot take for the weekend... Well, over the weekend in in snowy Chicago, Illinois, Goose Island Brewery held a competition for local Chicagoans to try to kick a 43-yard field goal in the snow, which is the same length that the uh, Chicago kicker Corey Parkey missed to lose last week's divisional wildcard game against the Eagles. Of course, exactly zero of the 100 contestants succeeded in making the 43-yard field goal. And so the two cases of beer that were the grand prize were left unclaimed. So think about that before you start talking shit about your kicker when he misses a chip shot to lose you (laughs) a home wildcard game in the NFL playoffs. Want to know a fun fact? Yes. In high school, I kicked that that far of a field goal during a game. Oh, really? You were a high school fo- uh, kicker? That's right. <laughs> uh, snowing? It was was not snowing, so I can't take claim to that. 
Yeah, it wasn't really snowing. I'm not a professional athlete, nor was I ever. <laughs> but you could have kicked that 43-yard field goal. I'm just saying <laughs> that it was done by high school-aged Eli. <laughs> That's all I'll say, Parky. That's all. I'll say. <laughs> we should get on the phone call uh, on the phone on the telephone. That's what that's called to the Bayless front <laughs> office. Get you a job. Let's get a letter writing campaign. We got Eli here for Bayless next kicker. Really, you should replace Mitchell Trubisky. That's what I think. You know, one of our letter writing campaigns is bound to work. Right. Exactly. Someday. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. Um, I owe you all a thank you and an apology to the handful <laughs> of you who actually attempted to listen to last week's episode, the premiere, the season premiere of Dump on the Ump. You had 13 minutes of witty sports banter followed by about an hour and a half of silence. <laughs> We're rusty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Some real John Cage shit there. Uh, it's, you know, Nouveau Oats podcast. <laughs> I just wanted you guys to meditate on silence and death for like an hour <laughs> while you shoveled your driveway or something like that. Whatever you do. Whatever you listening. do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Nick, sorry about that. All of our <laughs> listeners in Sandy, Oregon, Champagne, Bend, Oregon. Yeah, sorry about that. My bad. Uh, hopefully it won't happen again. And, I mean, we just kept going also. That was really my bad. We lost over an hour of quality content that will be lost forever. Um, but, you know, that's just how it's got to be sometimes. Yeah, we'll try and make up for double funny this week. Yeah, we're going to be real funny this week. Guarantee it. As long as we wake up. <laughs> Yeah. Speak for yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's start off with uh, with uh, the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Did you guys watch any football this weekend? Yep. Uh, which game do you want to start off with? Um, that? Well, maybe to start with the Patriots because that was the which I was the least inebriated. <laughs> All right. Fair uh, enough. And probably was one of the interesting games of the weekend. Yeah, it was. It, um, it was over pretty early in that game. Yeah, I felt um, like most of the games were pretty uninteresting this weekend. I agree. Like throughout the whole playoffs so far, there's only been one upset. Uh, the Eagle yeah, it is the number one against the number two in both sides. Right, and it's been that way for the last couple of years, right? Or at least every team that's made the Super Bowl the last five years has been a one or a two seed. I believe that's correct. Um, I don't know. You really do get an advantage from that bye week, or at least a disadvantage from having having to play in the wild card game. I also think that... <clears throat> These teams, like Kansas City against, who they play? Uh, they beat the Colts. They played the Colts. <laughs> and then the Patriots beat the Chargers, which is a Southern California team. And the Colts are a dome team. So these right. kind of home field advantages, the further, the later it gets to the year, it becomes such a much bigger deal. Yeah, and at least in Kansas City and in New England, right? I mean, Kansas City, they were playing in a blizzard, basically. It was snowing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that did have an effect. I think the travel has an effect. Having just home field advantage has an effect. And, you know, the better team is the home team, generally. I mean, the road team has to get some kind of breaks in the game in order to, to come out ahead. Um, the Colts, man, I was, I, was, I was pulling for the Colts, my... Sister's fiancés from Indianapolis, so I was kind of uh, adopting that team now that the Bears were out. So I was I was rooting for them, but they just kept shooting themselves in the foot in that game. Yeah, anytime they started to get any kind of uh, momentum going, there'd be some kind of dumb penalty, 
especially on defense. They couldn't get off the field on third downs. Uh, at first, I was not actually impressed with the Kansas City offense. I just thought that Indianapolis just kept blowing opportunities to stop them. And I'm yeah. also, I'm also not. I mean, I think Sam. I think Sam, you were texting me over the weekend asking me if I was getting ready to get on the Kansas City Chiefs bandwagon, and, yeah. and I'm not. And I'm not quite sure why. One reason is. I really don't have any good reason for this. I just don't like Patrick Mahomes' face. Like he, he's a weird-looking guy. I don't trust him. He looks—he looks like a. He's got that sideshow bob, hair and nose, um, and then that Kermit the Frog voice. It's like sideshow bob, but without the gravitas of being voiced by Kelsey Grammer. It's like side, hey, you know? Yeah. Got that name, right. Patrick. Booms. He sounds like like a paperback, hard-boiled private detective. You know what I mean? Like a drinking problem. His name? But have you ever heard him talk? He sounds like an eight-year-old. He talks like an eight-year-old? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hi-ho. Come in the frog here. <laughs> it's ridiculous. There was a... He, people make fun of him. He really does look like Sideshow Bob. Yeah. He I never does. had seen that before, yeah. but now I'm just not going to be able to unsee that. <laughs> he does. He, except he looks like Sideshow Bob's. He, like, Sideshow Bob's got that mastermind criminal element to him. I don't see that in Patrick Mahomes. I just see kind of a big nose and stupid hair. Uh, so, yeah, and I'm sure everybody, re everything I've read about Patrick Mahomes is he's such a nice young man, so polite, very professional like a good sportsman, all this cliches. And I'm like, dude, he just looks like a cartoon character. I can't, I, I don't trust him. He, he'll put a bomb under your boat or something like that. He'll try to blow up the Springfield Dam. Mm -hmm. Exactly. He'll flame Krusty. Uh, <laughs> um, the other thing, the other thing, and this is, you just this is me being petty, petty as hell. But Patrick Mahomes, he came from Texas Tech. His coach at Texas Tech was Ki uh, Cliff, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. Apologize, who's going to be the coach of the Arizona Cardinals? And Patrick Mahomes was not very good in college. He wasn't. No, he's you know, and he's riding the NFL aflame. Which just makes me think that nobody knows anything. You know what I'm saying? That he, I think he's going to be a flash in the pan. I think that professional defenses are going to figure him out. I think he'll have this good year, and maybe he'll be pretty good his second year. But eventually, he's going to—they're going to solve him, and he's going to be in for a very uh, rude awakening. That's my prediction. I actually think his rude awakening is going to be next weekend. Um, but yeah, I just can't get on, on the Patrick Mahomes bandwagon. And I hate to hate him because he's like, he's like 12 years old. I feel like I'm throwing rotten apples at a child or something like that. <laughs> that's, that's how and I feel. In her old man yeah. screaming at and we're playing in the street. Exactly. Get off my street. Go play your stick ball someplace else. Damn. This ball's mine now, Patrick. I know your parents. <laughs> Damn foosball. Go play a real game. Like, like, horseshoes. Bocce ball. There's a gentleman's That's a gentleman. Go drink Campari in the backyard. <laughs> Wear nice white linen suits. <laughs> anyway, so I'm not rooting for either team. I think the Patriots will win. I think the Patriots will win by a lot. Um, but yeah. I One thing that's interesting about that is that <clears throat> um, both Kansas City and the Patriots play in cold weather. And I think I saw a story today saying that it could, based on weather patterns right now, it's still a week away, but based on what they're looking at right now, it could be one of the coldest games ever played. 
Oof. in Kansas City next week. Oh, so, oh, it's at Kansas City. I forgot about that. At Kansas City, yeah. yeah. So that could be kind of an interesting aspect to the game, two teams that are... Because that's always one of the reasons why the Patriots have this added um, edge in the playoffs is because so many people have to come up and play in the cold. Yeah. And um, I, what was weird about the Chargers is that they... They went back to California after they beat the Ravens. Oh, like, yeah. They could have spent the week in this time zone, you know, practiced at some college stadium for the week because uh, they on break, you know, taking advantage of trying to get acclimate to the weather ahead of time. And they just were like, no, let's go back to California. Has, Which have teams ever off. done that? Have teams... I've never heard of a team actually spending an entire week on the road. Don't I, they always? I think it's pretty common in playoffs. Really, I would. I would. Yeah, you don't. You may not. Ne- you may not necessarily go to the city where you're playing because uh-huh. all sorts of shenanigans can arise from that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, you could come to New York and practice the week somewhere in New York. Be you know close enough to Foxborough to at least be a little more acclimated. Interesting. Or you could spend the week in sunny California and not have to deal with all that shitty weather on the East Coast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hang out in Hollywood. Yeah, that's what I would want to do. Get an early start on that vacation. Right. <laughs> Um. So yeah, so so I think New England's going to beat Kansas City. Um, the other football games were the NFC uh, divisional round. Uh, did you watch either of those? Cowboys Rams. Cowboys Rams. I was a pretty. The both of, actually both of the NFC games I thought were pretty good, pretty well played. I actually I am most impressed. Of any of the eight teams that I actually watched, I mean, I watched a little bit of each game, I'm probably most impressed right now with the L.A. Rams. They looked good on offense and defense, as they have pretty much all season. And I like their pretty blue and yellow uniforms. So I may be getting on the Rams bandwagon here at the tail end of the season. I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, New Orleans in that game yesterday against the Eagles did not look particularly good. I mean, the, the Eagles played them tough, but it you know really came down to the last position in that game. And you would think that given their two separate performances throughout the, the regular season that New Orleans would have just walloped yeah. them, yeah. but they couldn't get their run game going for some reason, mm-hmm. which is, you know, been a big weapon for them. Yeah, and the Eagles are tough, but they're not that tough. You would expect New Orleans to be able to put some distance between them, uh, which they really weren't really able to do. Uh, but again, uh, the Saints are the home team in that game, right? It's L.A. at New Orleans. And even though that's in a dome in New Orleans, you still are going to have home field advantage, which is going to be worth uh, something in that matchup. So I guess I'm mm-hmm. I, if I'm picking both, ooh, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to pick both road teams to win the championship games. The Rams going to beat the Saints. Patriots going to beat Kansas City Chiefs. That's my my pick. Uh, like kind of. Old versus young, like experience versus talent or whatever, right? Because right. the Rams and the Chiefs are like pretty young. Yeah, Brady and Breeze, both Super Bowl champions, yeah. you know, but also both quite elderly for oh, football, yeah. like football standards. Is Brady balding? I don't know. Because I think. I think he's turning into a skeleton. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Very, like, you know. He's he's live. He's like, so, you know, made some deal with the devil. 
Yeah. Slowly eating him up from the inside. Yeah, you know? he's pulling the whole Dorian Gray thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's got something to do with that winter coat. Did you see on the internet, his coat keeps getting bigger? They actually have photo evidence that each season he's got a larger and larger winter coat. (laughs) Well, I think it's very clear that Giselle dresses him. (laughs) Because he's always wearing clothes that, like, you know, probably make sense in the fashion world, but to your average football fan, it's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, here's a question. I think we might have talked about this in the latter part of the podcast last week. So maybe, so let's do it again. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, the two narratives, I'm wondering which of the two narratives you think that the NFL is rooting for a Brady, Breeze matchup, you know the the two best of the best, really in, in in football history. Let alone the best of the best who are currently playing in terms of the quarterback position, or the young against the young yeah. um, in in Mahomes and um, Goff, and in 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 like a rematch of the of the Monday night football game that they had earlier right. last year right. that was the highest combined scoring game uh, in in Monday night football history. Yeah. Which one do you think the NFL is looking for? I, th- I think the NFL would prefer Brady v. Breeze. I think they would prefer the name recognition. I think they would prefer the whole old guard, legendary angle for the Super Bowl. I think they'd be fine either way, um, but I think that's the the narrative angle that they would prefer to market because I think you'd get way more casual fans because everybody's heard of Tom Brady and everybody's heard of the New England Patriots and most people have heard of Drew Brees and the Saints. So, so you. But I think I think that that Monday Night Football game was one of the highest TV yeah. ratings ever yeah. of a Monday Night Football. <laughs> well, and that's interesting because I heard uh, over the TV that this is the first time ever. I think it was the uh, Fox Post Game Show. The top four scoring offenses are the final four. So yes, the Chiefs and the Saint, uh, the Chiefs and the Rams are high scoring. But so are the Patriots and the Saints. That, the last uh, New England-Kansas City game, that was the one New England barely won, right? I think it was 43-40. Yeah. That was an exciting game, too. Only to say, the Patriots are capable of putting up a shit ton of points also. Yeah. Yeah. But I... Against the... Chargers. Yeah. And against the Chiefs in the regular season. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I, I think we talked about this in our last episode last week also, but I think uh, NFL executives would like to see Boston versus L.A. Why the fuck not? Let's just have another Boston versus L.A. championship. <coughs> just keep it rolling. Just keep it rolling. Yeah, yeah. Red Sox, okay, Dodgers, so that, Celtics, Lakers. Yes. The, the Chief Rams Monday Night Football was the highest rating of that of that yeah. season. So really, it looks it, like the high. It's win win then. It's win win for the NFL. Right. I mean, and I guess I don't know, like Kansas City and New Orleans are relatively small markets compared to New England and LA, but. That doesn't really matter when it comes to the NFL. Um, right. Do you think that the Patriots just year after year after year being, this is their eighth consecutive year making it to the AFC Championship, which is pretty crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a fatigue factor? People get bored um, with the them continuously returning to the top spot? I think a lot of people, myself included, want to see them fail. So we're still going to tune in just to try to see them lose. 
So it'll be like hate watching. Oh yeah, I think there's going to be yeah. a whole lot of hate watching. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why lots of people watch sports. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, one thing I was thinking about in that uh, Dallas LA game in the stands, half the fans were Dallas fans, even though the game was played at Memorial Coliseum in Los Angeles. Um, right. How great is it for the Rams franchise to yeah. have some success in the playoffs? It's like in a new city looking for a fan base. You yeah, know? yeah. And they've got... Well, I, so, Go ahead. Oh, I had a friend uh, visiting who's from this weekend, who's from uh, California. And she is uh, from nearby San Diego. She says that the whole base of San Diego Chargers fans are just gone. Like, no one yeah. has stable ale to them yeah. since they moved to L.A. And I'm sure that, you St. know, Louis. Yeah. then the, if, if they well the win last night, you know, maybe you get some Fairweather fans, some Joels in the world who say, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Okay, I guess they're good enough for us to cheer for them. But hey, those lightning like... bolts are pretty cool looking. <laughs> <laughs> right, but now you got competitions with the Rams, right? So right. now the Rams are doing better. If you're really a fair fan and you're living in LA, yeah, be like, a Rams fan. Rams, yeah, better than the Chargers. Yeah, you go to the Rams game in your LeBron James jersey with your Dodgers cap on. <laughs> That's what you do, because you live in goddamn Los Angeles, and why the fuck not? You, you, I mean, you, nothing matters. Nothing matters. You wear your, like, Puig or Machado shirt, and you don't realize that they're not going to play for your team anymore, but that's okay. And then you got, like, your, your Kobe stand, your, your Kobe shoes or something. <coughs> I don't know. L.A. Yeah, fans, okay, man. Because you're not really a baseball fan anyway. Exactly. You, you don't even know how baseball works. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like... Southern California. You're weirdly like a L.A. Galaxy fan, and you watched Bend It Like Beckham one time. I don't know. Mostly you just watch... Yeah. Mostly you just try to get Matt Damon to sign your script. I don't know. I don't live in Los Angeles. I don't know what it's like. Yeah. The weather's nice. <clears throat> Right. Yeah. It burn, burns down all the time. Yeah, and there's lots of fires. Lots of fires and earthquakes. And earthquakes. Yeah, it's great. Everybody should move to L.A. Yeah, fire and brimstone. <laughs> <laughs> and mudslides. And mudslides. Um, okay, any other predictions? Anything else about football we need to talk about? The other thing I like about the Rams is everybody, or not everybody, but all the skill players are West Coast guys. Uh, Jared Goff is from Cal. Uh, the receivers are from USC and Oregon State. Gurley is from Georgia, but they had another guy who... Uh, oh, I didn't know this. Nadavikin Sue, he played college uh, football in Nebraska, but he's from Portland, Oregon. I had no idea. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I like that about the Rams also. That they have Sue on their team? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I need to get a the Dominican Sue jersey or something. <laughs> just, just don't like pile driving strangers into the street. He's going to, like, step on somebody's head while they're laying down. <laughs> that's, the, that's how they used to play football back in the day. <coughs> Sue um, style. <laughs> Sue style. I drove that guy down. Sue style. Sue style. I stepped on his head. <clears throat> yeah. And Aaron, no reason. Yeah. No shit. He's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so football playoffs are coming up. Go teams, I guess. Baseball is still, what are we, 35 days away from pitchers and catchers reporting? Uh, more than that. More than that? 
How many it, days? <clears throat> it feels like forever. Yeah, it's still going I heard a while. that uh, the White Sox put an eight-year offer on the table for Manny Machado. Joel, what do you think about that? Well, that's what the sources say. And, man, yeah. those sources, you can trust the sources. You know, right. <laughs> the sources have never gotten anything wrong ever. Uh but yeah, hey man, I am desperate enough to believe it. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Here's here's my thing. Um I I am I do want the White Sox to sign Machado. I know he's a total dirtbag. I know we've spent the better part of last season talking a lot of shit about Manny Machado. Um I, I'm ready to be a Manny Machado fan. I'm ready to, you know, take that heel tone for the White Sox and just be the total, like, Hollywood villains of the AL Central. Let's do it. Let's, let's actually right. make, uh, uh, what's, what's it called, Major League Part 1 a thing and, like, the White Sox be this villainous team straight out of the Mighty Ducks. I'm mixing my metaphors, but you get the idea. Uh, right. The, you want to be the bad boys. Yeah, let's do it. We're, we're going to be the douchebags. We're going to have all the gold chains. We're going to, like, throw money in the faces of the Cleveland Indians when we beat them. Shit like that. Uh, <laughs> but we're still only going to be, like, a 70-win team. Uh, <laughs> it's all about that swagger. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you got swagger, you really lose. Yeah. No, you know. Yeah. The White Sox have already hired, like, all of Manny Machado's buddies. Hey, <laughs> right. y'all do Alonzo. Somebody yeah, else. Yeah, there's another one, too. Yeah. <laughs> he up some, like, his training partner or something. Uh, yeah, I forget. I know who you're talking about. I'll see if I can look that up. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they're, like, going all in. Yeah. Well, and here are the two, the two, you know, hot stove rumors, whatever the hell that means. The two hot stove rumors that have given me hope is uh, it looks like the Phillies are going after Harper. That the Phillies would rather have Harper than Machado at this point. And it really looks to me like the Yankees are pulling out. I mean, what what the hell are the Yankees doing? Who did they sign? They didn't sign Moustakis. They signed somebody else that was like, Tulewitzki and and DJ LeMahieu. Yeah. Yeah. So and and DJ LeMahieu is good. The Tulewitzki signing is weird. I think we talked about it in our last episode last week, so we can talk about it now if we want to. Right, because uh, no one heard it. Because no one heard it. It was yeah. It was like prayer beads. You ever do those Buddhist monk meditations where you're just thinking about Troy Tulewitzki? <laughs> All the time. I'm unfamiliar with that one. <laughs> um, yeah, what the fuck are the Yankees doing? Well, it seems like they stacked up on middle infielders, that's for sure. Why? But I, I don't know. Maybe they're not going after it. Maybe they're just doing the uh, hard-to-get thing with Manny Machado. They're like, yeah. oh, no, we don't, we don't want to be with you anyway. <laughs> they're playing coy. Look at these two other middle infielders that we're hanging out with all of a sudden. Does that make you jealous? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they do. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So, so I would. Yeah, I am getting myself ready to be really disappointed in about two weeks, I guess. But I'm starting to think that's going to happen. That that Machado is going to come to the South side, and that's going to be fun as fuck. Um. Do you think uh, Harpo to the Phillies makes sense? Feels like it'd be a good slap in the face to the Nationals. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that what I he think that, I think he's a National League. He belongs in the National League. Yeah. Because <clears throat> he can kind of be like the best guy in the National League. Like, he can't do that in the American League. Because of Mike the Weatherman Trout? Right, because of yeah. the weatherman and Mookie Betts, yeah. who both are playing the outfield and a better, you know, they're better than him. Both yeah, of them. yeah, true. Um, there's like a star power, I feel like. And he's kind of, but, in, yeah, go ahead. 
Well, I just feel like there's, you know, he's kind of the big young guy in the National League. And, uh, and he kind of would probably want to retain that, you know? Yeah, and, and he's got a face. He's going to sell his face, which I'm really curious. I think there might still be an outside, outside chance that he re-signs with the Washington Nationals. Uh-huh. Just because he he and they have put so much have have invested so much into making him the face of that franchise, all those right. goddamn I think they were Verizon ads uh, during the playoffs where we honor our military, and they're yep. all at Washington National Stadium, and it's all featuring ha- ruggedly handsome, well coiffed Bryce Harper. Right, so, with, like, just a lot of product. Right, exactly. Like, taking off his batting helmet and somehow his hair is absolutely gorgeous and perfect while he salutes, salutes like, six, the, the audience of Washington National Park that for some reason is, like, 60% veterans. Have you ever noticed that? You know the commercial yeah. I'm talking about? Where they say, you know... All veterans, and please rise. He's just saluting the Verizon flag. <laughs> yeah, big ass V. It's like all hail, hail our military overlords. <laughs> the Verizon. Verizon. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, somewhere along the lines, uh, mega corporations have become the bellwether um, compasses. You notice how, like, every advertisement from any company these days is, like, somehow trying to go after your heartstrings? There's, oh, yeah. There's one today by Gillette, which, of course, is the uh, namesake of the New England Patriots Stadium. Yeah, you talking about um, the the, uh, the one-handed man? What's his name? No, that one uh, for the Seattle Seahawks, you yeah. mean? Yeah. Is that Gillette? The, is that the, fo- the football player? Yeah. Yeah, no, they had a new one that was like, this is the way a man should be. And it, it like, is this really long commentary on how men should be bet more upstanding. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and it's like okay, Gillette. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yeah. I, just don't, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. Somewhere along the line, it's like, you're getting being scolded by these mega corporations, or yeah, I, I read about that. I haven't seen that ad yet. People were kind of freaked out about it. It wasn't it mostly telling men not to commit sexual abuse, though. Yeah, yeah, it's like a Me Too response. Yeah, and and it's fine. Like you know, it, it'd be fine if it was just its own little video. But all these ads that are like giving social commentary, and then. At the end of it, their logo pops up. You're like, wait. <laughs> Bye, Gillette. <laughs> how, what does this have anything to do with shaving my face? <laughs> well, it's because like all of those CEOs got me too And as part of the settlement right. deal, they had to like pay for commercials. <laughs> got me too I think you just used that as a transitive verb for the first time in <laughs> the history of the English language. <laughs> Oh, fuck, man. I got me too. I got a <laughs> three years in jail and a $600,000 fine. Big time. Should have sexually assaulted my secretary. <laughs> ah, blah. Bummer. You got me too so You bad. got me. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's funny because it's $30 true. million dollars yeah. walk out the door. <laughs> that was tough. <laughs> Uh-huh. Topical. Uh, uh, but, okay, I do, though... Topical? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what was it? Speaking of uh, college football. College, college football. football. <laughs> Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs. I do want to get back to this. I want to ask you guys something that I read today Yeah. Uh, about baseball. Uh, oh, you... Uh, wait, 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 dear listeners, you missed last week's episode where Eli had so many great segues. It's classic. Oh, right. No one got to listen to No one to got us. to listen to all those great segues. So you, don't, you don't understand the reference. Yeah. 
essentially, like, wait, <laughs> out there. Yeah. Is speaking of college football. Go for it. <laughs> I was reading a story about baseball today. Kylie Kylie Murray, right? Right. Yeah. And it, it kind of it your comment sales about um, them coming out with some from unnamed sources of providing Manny Machado a eight year deal for whatever. Um, the you guys know the longtime agent Jeff Boris. Yes, he's uh, he's represented all sorts of people, but you know he's Barry Bonds, um, agent Mike Piazza. He's been around forever. Um, he's the he, one who started the rumor about the players going on strike over a slow uh, free agent like year last year. Yeah, so he's back at it. Um, earlier today, he made claims on a podcast that uh, baseball owners are, are actively colluding uh, against players, um, saying, you know, 2018 gross revenue hit $10.3 billion for Major League Baseball, but salaries fell well, the biggest decline in six years. Uh, and there's something to that, you know, I guess that that was the same thing that happened back in the late eighties. Um, when teams like they had, and they actively had a call in number where the coaches or the the owners would call into and say, well, this is how much I'm thinking about giving this player. And they could, um, and they could discuss to try and get the best deal for the teams rather than do it through actual negotiations, which are supposed to be private. And what Boris is saying now is that, um, you know, that it's not that blatant, but one of the things that they do do is that the owners will communicate through leaking possible deals to the media. To sort of take um, a belt to tell other teams like this is how we're this deal, and um, that's one way that it's happening. Yeah, I could actually see that. Right. So yeah. it, it helped. It just every all the owners helping each other not get blown out of the water in a deal, even if because you know. Although I don't fully understand that because like. Say I'm trying to get Manny Machado and you're trying to get Manny Machado. Like, why would I tip my hand to you? Because then you could just go and beat it, you know? Like, um, because I think there's an answer to that question, but I can't figure it out because I'm not good at economics. But I think that there is, if you're trying to depress. Manny, not just Manny Machado's salary, but everyone's salaries. And you say, you leak to the press that such and such a team is only offering Machado eight years, what would it be, less than 300 million. Then no other team is going to go much higher than that. You're trying to... Right. Have you ever seen that movie Trading Places starring uh, Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy? Yeah. Yeah, totally. it's basically like that. That's basically where I get all my financial advice from. Is that movie? Is that movie. It's like the owners are the two old white guys who are trying to get a step ahead on the prices of orange juice so they can depress the prices of orange juice. Right, 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 and so if everybody. Yeah, so I guess, knows, I guess, I guess yeah. too. You could like, if I was trying to get Manny Machado, and I put out that number, let's just call it, you know, hundred million over five years or something, then, then I could leak like eighty million over five years to the press, and like have that higher number, but also you know you could try and fake out the competition to offer something higher than what you're leaking out, but right. lower than what you've actually offered. 
Well, and let me read this paragraph from ESPN. It says here, quote, The slow developing markets for Harper and Machado aren't necessarily indicative of teams' willingness to reach the $300 million threshold seen as a starting point for both players. The number of teams involved is smaller than anticipated, but Phillies owner John Middleton suggested that his team might be even a little stupid about spending money this offseason, and the White Sox transition from rebuilding to competitive in the AL Central was close. So they're, they're using the media, they're using the media to cap the market. I mean, if you've got the Phillies owner John Middleton saying, oh yeah, we're being really stupid, but we're not even getting close to $300 million, and nobody's offering 10 years, that the White Sox have gotten the closest and they've stopped at eight years. You're, you're framing a narrative here also, I think. Yeah, I guess so. I also, I mean, I just think that the metrics have gotten so, like the numbers have gotten so advanced yes. that like these like A-Rock-esque deals just nobody's going to do them because they're irresponsible. Yeah, and I think that the the MLB Players Association has screwed themselves over to a degree on that front. Because they just kept pushing for those bigger and bigger deals? Uh, yeah, and that trying to protect the top owners, they've kind of screwed the entire market because... Owners have realized that they can get better value in terms of war and in terms of money spent per win, spending that money on lots of super cheap guys. Or, right. or actually not spending the money at all, just paying super cheap guys and pocketing the savings. Right. And not going to the playoffs. Right. And definitely you see that happening with... Brawl sales going up, but players' compensation going down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, so I don't know what the players are going to do, but I think the players are screwed right now unless they can somehow renegotiate or change the basic dynamics of the economics of the situation. Sam, you've talked about this. We spent a lot of time last season talking about this, where the majority of... Uh, revenue is now coming from local cable deals, right? And so the local cable deal money comes in regardless of attendance, which is really fixed to winning. So your cable revenue is coming in largely regardless of how many baseball games you actually win, with a little exception, a few exceptions. Does that sound fair? Yeah, I think... You know, more successful teams have more TV viewers, and with the higher viewership numbers, they can probably raise the prices of their ad sales. Yeah. But <clears throat> either way, it's enough where even, like, every team, that's why they moved. That's why Montreal folded. Yeah. Couldn't get media. Um, and, and so they couldn't be, become, you know, fiscally stable or like had, had they basically didn't have any money because they couldn't get a tv deal um and that's like that's why there's so much more money in baseball than any other sport is because there's, there's so much more ad time i guess yeah that's very interesting i think i think the white Sox will sign machado i think they'll sign him for like eight years what, like $25 million a year? Mm, probably more than that. Eight years, $250 million. Does that sound good? $240 million. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get 10 years. I don't think he's going to get $300 million. If the White Sox sign Machado and the Indians pull off the fire sale that they seem to be attempting to do, what do you think the chances of the White Sox taking the AL Central next year? 99%. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> uh, I, I really like off-season Joel because the optimism is so high. We get like a week into the season and then it'll be like zero percent. <laughs> no, here we you remember, are. You remember last season when the White Sox won the first two games of the year and you were like, this is it. This is the year. This is the year. We're going all the way. And then sure enough, they finished like 60 games under 500. Yeah, hear me, hear me out. I mean, let's wait to see how the rest of the offseason develops. But here's my early, early prediction is AL Central champion Chicago White Sox going 83 and 79. Okay. Yeah. It is. <laughs> so not a very competitive division is what you're saying. Well, competitive, just bad, you know. Right. <laughs> So maybe they only—they only, yeah. Maybe they only beat the Twins by like two games, but still. <clears throat> also, Twins five hundred team. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Okay, so we got uh, about nine minutes left of this podcast. So far, I think it's still recording, so that's a good sign. Uh, I wanted to talk about two more things. First of all, Yasiel Puig. Cincinnati Reds. Eli, you on that bandwagon now? The Cincinnati Reds with Puig? Yeah. They, they could probably go all the way and be playing the White Sox in the World Series. Oh, my <laughs> God. I would love that. How awesome would that be? <laughs> did they? Do they still have Matt Hobie? Did they release him or not? No. they. He, somebody else signed him. Oh, damn. Okay, that's okay. Because that would have been awesome. I think my prediction for Puig in Cincinnati, he's going to discover what Cincinnati chili is <laughs> yeah. and just go crazy and put on like 200 pounds over the offseason. <laughs> yeah, Cincinnati chili is delicious. Not even the offseason. He's going to show up to home games with like chili sauce on his chin and shit like that. Maybe like, you know, got a real problem, man. He's like, shut up. He's going to, like, hide it in the, in the outfield wall. Right. He's going to just be eating it out of his glove in left field. <laughs> like. What is Cincinnati chili? Oh, my God, it's delicious. They put it on pasta. They put it on spaghetti. And hot dogs. Yeah. It's like chili and spaghetti. It's a hot, and you put it on a hot dog. You get a hot dog. It's, and you put spaghetti on your hot dog, and you put chili and onions on your spaghetti on your hot dog. Get the fuck out of here. So fucking good. <laughs> That's a crazy. It's so, <laughs> I love it. And, it, and, it's, and the chili is kind of sweet. Um, I don't know if it has chocolate in it. Do you know, Sam? I think it might have chocolate. I think it's got chocolate, and it's very bean heavy. Lots of a very heavy. Bean. Oh, I said bean. I may be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong too. Yeah, but it is sweet. All I know is that Yasiel Puig is gonna love it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is the hot dog in a bun too, or yeah, like a loose hot dog? No, it's in a bun. Wow, dude, that sounds epic. Put fucking. I mean, I love Chicago hot dogs, but Cincinnati hot dogs are pretty fucking good, too. I may have to go experiment yeah. after this podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. is over. <laughs> you were trying to figure out what to have for dinner anyway. <laughs> Just figured it out. <laughs> yeah, dude. Gracias, Puig. And then they need to goddamn hire uh, Botolo Cologne. And then just have Botolo Cologne and Gracias, Puig have their own TV show hosted by local Cincinnati TV where they go around and find the best Cincinnati chili in yeah. Cincinnati. <laughs> and then, like, fight the locals. Oh, man, my friend lives in Cincinnati. I'm going to call him as soon as this is over. <laughs> You're like, what, are you holding out on me? <laughs> um, all right, so... True Detective. You guys watched it last night? No, I, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, me Eli either. I, I didn't watch it. Eli, you watched it? 
yeah, they released two episodes, which HBO seems to be doing these days um, for new seasons. So I watched the first of the two se- er, episodes that had been released. And the first one was good. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Ma- Mahulasha Ali. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't get yeah. HBO. Maybe I should pony up the money and get H- HBO. So I watched True Detective season one the year after it came out. I watched it over the summer because I don't work over the summer, so I just sit at home and watch shit on TV. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of this O.J. Simpson documentary. I watched that over the summer. Like dramatic reenactment (laughs) at Netflix show. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Getting Junior. Oh, I didn't watch that one. We would the ESPN one that we we mention every other week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So I got really, really into True Detective season one. Loved it. Was like, oh, this is the coolest show ever. They're doing so many cool things. I was really into the combination of like the true crime, excuse me, plus the supernatural elements. And then, like, the ending is so fucking stupid. Like, they, like, <laughs> like, what the fuck, you guys? Like, you go through all, how many episodes? Twelve episodes, I think? Of, oh, there's this whole conspiracy, and maybe it's all magic, and the priests are in on it, and maybe there's voodoo magic, and every, like, powerful white man in New Orleans is all part of the secret like cult that's raping children but no it's just like the one uh groundskeeper it's groundskeeper willie he did it all right good and he's like mentally retarded so we can like kill him i don't know i was so like what oh Oh, see i got the i got the feeling that like he was just the guy where the the shit went down so and that they're the, 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 he was just the tip of the iceberg, and then the so the the show ends before they actually come down on all those other people. But you don't even know if all those other people exist. No, you do because you remember how um, whatever Matthew McConaughey's character's name is. Yeah, he he steals the tape from that like either well-known politician or lawyer or somebody that has the video crazy people doing really crazy stuff. Right. And then that person ends up killing themselves. Or maybe he killed them. Right. It's not uh, not entirely clear. Huh. All right. Maybe I need so, to go back. But, but then before they go out to Grim, Groundskeeper Willie's yeah. place, they put all of that information into packets and send it both to the media and to the, the current cops. But isn't that, you don't know that, right? Like, you don't know that they did that. No, No, that's what they did. They do do that, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, it's just the show ends early. Okay, so the show just doesn't end. I got the vibe from that show that they, like, dug themselves way too deep into a hole, and then they're like, well, you only have one more episode left. Yeah. Wrap it it all up. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Cause, cause, oh, I was like, wait, what? Like, what about everything else that was going on? And then there's just this dude, this dude that like we don't meet until like near the end. It's like, oh, he's the big bad. He's he's the climax. Well, I also thought that he was like just the kind of the fall guy. Yeah, I, I thought that. that he like captured the girls for the rituals, but yeah, not, like yeah. Yeah. just the the like. Fall guy, yeah. and then they have that battle underground. Spoiler alert! Yeah, the, the battle underground, which I was—I also didn't like that. I don't know. I had such a cool ending made up in my head, and it didn't happen. Well, maybe you should write a letter. I'm going to. What was your ending? Just out of curiosity. It, but well, after you mentioned it, my ending would have been like three more seasons. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's something Sam to what you said right? 
HBO is like, yo, you guys, <laughs> did you guys ever watch the miniseries Rome that went for two seasons back in, like, 2004, I think? I feel like I watched most of it. Yeah. That, no, I don't think so. That, ooh, if we get into the history of television, we have to talk about Rome, because you, you don't have any of this without, that was HBO, and I think it was 2003, 2004. And, but in the end of the first season, there was definitely, they had this big, epic, you know, Roman gladiator battle in the second to last episode. And you can tell that they spent all of their budget on that one battle. Because the next episode is like one guy floating in a boat talking about all the badass shit that was happening off screen that they, they just couldn't show. Because they were broke. That was from like the HBO heyday of. That was from the HBO heyday of. Like the, Sopranos. Like, uh, like, like right after Sopranos, I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, maybe I should pony up for HBO. I don't know. I really don't like Game of Thrones either. Uh, right. Or, like, again, I was really into it in the beginning. And then I was just like, oh, wait, this show's stupid. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> you guys don't know what you're doing. You're not going anywhere with this show. Wrap it up. You should have. About the leftovers. What? That show sucks. The, the, the worst show that's ever been made. Wait, which is? The Leftovers. Oh, I don't even know what that is. What's that? You're lucky. Don't, uh, don't even look into it. I won't even look into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It is garbage. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know how True Detective Season 1 had way too much for them to wrap up? Yeah. This show has literally nothing going on. <laughs> and they won't wrap it up. And they won't and it just keeps wrap going. It. <laughs> Probably because nothing has happened. <laughs> I watched the first three episodes of that show and gave up. Nice. All right. All right. Uh, well, let's wrap this up. But um, So let's do uh, True Detective Season 4, written by us, starring okay. your favorite baseball players. What, what are your uh, plot lines going to be? Um, like, Craig Kimball mysteriously disappears, and... The rest of the Boston right. Red Sox, uh, along where is the Red Sox uh, bullpen? By the way, <laughs> do they have a bullpen? <laughs> is it gone? Mysteriously disappeared, <laughs> and only Chris Sale can solve the mystery with his. But he has a checkered past of ripping apart jerseys with scissors. Right, and A Rod's like a weird, creepy pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Who just, just have a whole lot to do with the plot, but he's just really hanging around for some reason yeah. in the He's outfit. just always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. He's the like, whole... <laughs> Derek Jeter is the bad guy. Yeah, it turns out it was Derek Jeter. And he's like disappearing baseball players who yeah. come up you know, they come to Florida to like seek dreams and then they meet Derek who just disappears them to the underground of New York. Ooh, you could get, a, actually, that could get real dark, talking about, like, actual human trafficking from Cuba. That, that was kind of the, the yeah. line I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> at some point, I do, I, I don't know anything, because didn't uh, MLB actually make some deals with the Cuban government to... Uh, somewhat legitimize bringing players into the U.S. Am I making this I think up? they did. Yeah, we should look into that. Uh, I think I finally took steps to, like, circumvent the mafia. Yeah, right. No, that would actually be a pretty cool... I don't know if it would be a true detective. Well, you could do a whole true detective in Miami and combine human trafficking with baseball and, like, voodoo Haitian magic. Right, Derek, Derek yeah. Jeter. And Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is always Derek, the bad guy. Uh, and I think that the detectives would need to be like David Ortiz and a really tiny white guy, you know? <laughs> it's like David 
Jose Altuve. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, they're that, both bilingual, and they just like you know, they've got in both the United States and Central America, <laughs> and yeah, that could work. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty goddamn cool. <laughs> Oh man! All right, new letter writing. Campaign. Yep, yep, we got it. All right, let's get 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 to letter writing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are at one hour five minutes right now. Thank you so much for listening. This is season five, episode two of Dump on the Ump. If you like us, please subscribe to us, rate us, and review us on iTunes. Uh, you're probably listening to us on SoundCloud. If not, check us out on SoundCloud. Uh, check out our Facebook page. One of my New Year's goal is that me and uh, you guys get better at updating the goddamn Facebook page. Um, and we have a web, uh, not web press, WordPress blog also. Anything I'm forgetting? Email us. Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, my most popular tweet of the weekend that got like over 50 likes was just me correcting this dude on how to spell Madame Bovary. So, <laughs> don't worry guys, I've got my finger on the baseball pulse on these Twitter, on these mean Twitter streets. Got the, the, the fucking grammar police. Yeah. Dump on the, dump on the, uh, the gram, slash the grammar police. Slash the grammar police. Don't get your fucking French literature wrong. <laughs> um, who's going to be in the Super Bowl, you guys? Uh, Patriot Saints. I think the same. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, Patriot Rams. I'm stealing from somebody on Twitter. Here's the thing. If you hashtag go Pats, are you saying go Patriots or go Pats Mahonets? Eh? Eh? You never know. Probably not the second one. It's a double meaning. Wouldn't Pat go Pat? <laughs> what if, what like, if, why, is the, why the S? What if there's more than one? <laughs> Just like, go all Pats. All Pats in the universe. Yeah, go all Patrick's. If your name is Patrick, you got this, bro. You can do it. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, check us out next week also. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs>